the Lord has blessed with a very long message today, so. <laughs> uh, God is good. Yeah, go Niners. painful. It's all right. I still got my Seahawk colors on. All right. Uh, it's good to see you guys. Good to be with you. Um, been enjoying going through this uh, series on spiritual senses. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Uh, and again, I, you know, this is something that's been in my mind for a long time. So one of the fun things about when you have something like that in your mind for a long time, you know, for at least for me, like a lot of times it just kind of sticks there in my brain and like I have these thoughts, but I've never written them down, right? And so to preach through those thoughts now, it's given me the occasion to be able to write them down and kind of flesh them out a little bit more and also, okay, how do I communicate this to other people? And, and I have to admit, you know, this message, even today, the spiritual sense of smell, uh, I feel like there's a there's a lot of a challenge in trying to communicate uh, what this sense is, right? And and uh, and so, uh, but I but I think that this kind of speaks in some sense to the nature of the spiritual, right? Uh, it's a bit mystical, right? It's a bit it's a mystery. Like we, you know, if it wasn't, you know, if it was physical, like we can we, you know, the tangible stuff, you know, we can do scientific experiments on, right? We we can kind of figure out what is real, what's not. We can we can engage with it, right? And we can we can encounter it and, and, and embrace it and and understand it and, and involve it in our life and live it out, all that kind of stuff. But when we begin to talk about spiritual things. Again, by, by nature, they're intangible, right? They're not something that we can hang on to, trust, right? You know, in, that, in the same way, right? And, and so we have to perceive the spiritual through different senses, through different lenses, if you will. And those lenses, first of all, are we're not used to using spiritual senses. We're not used to using those. But also, they are a little bit more mystical, there are a little bit more mystery in them. Uh, I was thinking of, you know, John 3, 8, again, you know, in this passage, it talks about how, you know, those who are uh, in the Spirit, who've been born again, right, that they are going, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of moves like the wind. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We don't know where it's going. We don't know where we're going to, what's going to happen next. You know, there's this mystery that's involved in it. But I also, I, I can't, we can't escape this reality that throughout Scripture, that the spiritual aspect or the spiritual realm is key to understanding what is true and what is real. In 1 Corinthians 1, 26 uh, to 28 for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Again, this is this back and How is that all true? How is that possible? It's because it's not just a physical world where we judge things with our physical eyes and our physical senses, there's also 
also a spiritual realm that's happening so that those who look physically weak are actually strong. That those who look foolish with our physical eyes are actually wise. That those who, are act, who look like nothing are actually something. And so we have this reality that we are living in this uh, uh, both physical realm and spiritual realm. The challenge for us as physical beings is that we have to learn how to, how to sense and interpret and respond to spiritual things that seem less real and less reliable. The spiritual from physical senses is almost entirely imperceptible. And so the great challenge in learning to live in the spirit is learning to sometimes not trust our physical senses that we have learned to be able to prove and are concrete and are tangible and are real that are, you can touch them and instead to trust something that we can't see with our physical eyes that we can't touch but we have to recognize that we have been given the spirit in order to interpret the spirit John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Hearing God's voice with our spiritual senses is hard because we have to accept thoughts, dreams, events that are sparked by the Spirit. But understand, if we are only hearing His voice with our physical senses, we will fall into an impersonal religion where God is silent. Feeling the presence of God with our spiritual senses is hard because we have to trust emotions are accurate detectors of his presence. But understand, if we feel God's presence with our physical senses only, it will lead to a narcissistic religion where God is distant. And today we step into the third spiritual sense, the sense of smelling God's truth. And it too is hard. It's hard to allow intuition to dictate what is true and what is not. But again, understand if we only smell truth with our physical senses, it will lead to a merciless religion where God's a legalist. Living the Christian life demands we embrace 
perceive and live in both the physical and the spiritual realms every day. Even our ability to know truth is dependent on our ability to discern what is real, both physically and spiritually. Thank God we worship a God who is true. <laughs> God is truth. It is his very nature. And it has been said by some that in order to really know truth, we have to know God. That we can understand a lot of things about our world, but to really understand the depth of the truth of the things in our world, we need to have a relationship with the Savior, with our Savior. We need to have a relationship with the God who created it all. God is true, and he always lives, and he always speaks truth. No, Numbers 23, 19. God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and he will not, ha, have we, I can do it, and will he not fulfill it? God does not lie. He doesn't, he doesn't try to deceive us. He's not a liar. He is the one who always speaks what is true. And he has perfect knowledge of truth. It's not like God doesn't know certain things. Like, no, God, if you just understood, like sometimes we pray that way. Like we need to inform him of what's going on or, or what he needs to understand. Like, but he has perfect knowledge of the truth. Job 37, 16. I love this book, but <laughs> this is a great passage. Do you know the balancings of the clouds? The wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge. Do you know it? No, he knows it. He knows. He has perfect knowledge, perfect truth. And he always perceives what is true, both physically and spiritually. While he is spirit, <laughs> he knows the physical truths as well because he's created them. There's, these are not separate truths. There's not a, a physical truth and then a spiritual truth. Every truth that is a truth has both a physical manifestation and a spiritual manifestation. And we need to understand that understand, to know truth means that we have to see it from both sides. This is, this is what we see in Scripture, throughout Scripture, God speaking uh, and seeing both the physical realities and the spiritual realities. 1 Samuel 16, 7, in the choosing and selecting of King David as the next king. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him, this, this brother of David. For the Lord sees not as a man sees, man looks on the outward appearance but the Lord looks on the heart. It's not that God didn't see the outward appearance of David, but he recognized that that's not only what makes up David, that there's something else that makes up David as well, and that's why he's choosing him. It's the combination of what he looks like on the outside and what he is on the inside that God chooses. Understand that physical and spiritual truths are not contradictory truths. They're not going to contradict one another. Again, truth is perceived with both. Consider a simple concept 
that's actually more complex than we often think, but love. We can understand and know that God loves us through reading the Bible. Hearing sermons preached or podcasts or whatever it may be, we can understand and know the physical reality that God loves us. But that's only part of the truth. It's when God speaks that truth to us, to our spiritual ears, that all of a sudden, God loves me means something totally more and greater and more awesome than than just that God is love. The God we worship is true, and he understands both the spiritual and physical truths that are in our world, and he calls us to be people who live and speak truth. He calls us to be people who are able to smell what is true, to be able to discern what is real, not just physically, but spiritually. We are to be people who live without deception. We are to people who, who live as, as speakers of the truth. I, I love Matthew 5, 37, right? This, this idea that, you know, we, we got to let our yes be a yes and our no be a no. Anything over, above that is, it comes from the evil one, right? Why? Because we should always be speaking the truth. We don't have to promise. We don't have to add extra stuff to it. I pinky promise or whatever. I don't have to swear it. What we say should always be true. But we need to know the truth physically. This is a reality that there is physical truth all around us, and we need to make sure that we spend the time it takes and understand to understand that physical truth. The tangible realities that are all around us are mostly revealed in the study of Scripture. God has revealed these truths to us, these foundational understandings of who God is and who I am, right? Who we are and what our problem is and how we fix that problem. He has revealed these important truths that we need to understand and, and, and to live by. Uh, we, we have systems in our world, legal systems, that are based on uh, the facts of the physical, tangible world. That, you know, that, that, we would, that you would be able to find out if someone is guilty of a sin or not based on facts, not just accusation. Not just, you know, kind of, you know, whatever you make up, you know, just because somebody says they did it doesn't mean they did it. We can, we can explore legally what someone has done, and, and we need to make sure we do that. The sciences have revealed to us a lot about our world that we live in and how it works and how it functions, and we can use that to our benefit, especially in the medical world, right? We've come to understand how our bodies are made so that we can help, you know, come alongside God in bringing healing to uh, to, to these bodies. We even understand personalities. You know, so much work in, in recent years have been done in the last decades or so about personalities, right? You know, and who we are as a person and how that impacts, you know, the way we respond to certain stimuli in our world and different situations. And we can understand the truth that is before us in ministry by examining fruit. Matthew 7, verses 15 to 7 beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves 
you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. And this begins to zero in on this reality that it sometimes uh, we have to, uh, you know, we, there's other ways for us to begin to, di- to discern and to understand what is good and is right. Because the reality is oftentimes we, we have no idea the motives of a person's heart. We have no idea why they're doing what they're doing. Sometimes we have no idea of the consequences of the long-term consequences of the decisions that are made today. But if we begin to, you know, examine the fruit, maybe we can begin to understand maybe what lies beneath the surface. We can see on the outside that bad fruit equals bad an actor, a bad work. But good fruit means that it's likely a good person, a good work that they're doing. But even this, which scripture gives us to help us to discern what's happening around us, it's still not perfect. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 to 15. For such men are false prophets, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. And here we find all of a sudden this wonder that comes over us. The reality that sometimes what is bearing good fruit, where it appears to be bear good fruit, actually may not be good. This is, a, I think, a scary verse, but a verse that, in a sense, kind of opens up our minds to this reality that we can't just rely on our physical senses to determine what is true and real. I've, in my life, had a conversation with an individual who, 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 who is doing things on the outside that look very, very holy and good. But when I sat down and began to have a conversation with her, I found out the reality is, is that everything that she's doing, even worshiping Jesus, has been motivated by the demonic. And the fruit that's coming from it looks pretty good. But underneath the service, there's something ugly there. It's a poisoned apple, if you will. So we need to know truth. We need to know physical truth. But we also have this need to know spiritual truth with our spiritual senses. And I think all the more in the day that we're, is before us right now. 1 Timothy 4.1 warns us of this. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Do we understand the reality of that? That some of us would rather listen to the demon than to the truth. But that we too could be deceived by teachings if we don't learn how to discern what is true spiritually as well as physically. True in the sense that we need to know the gospel message, clearly understood in scripture. 
but true in the sense that we need to know the spirit behind things, what is operating behind the scenes. The spiritual sense of smell helps us to recognize and see the intangible realities that are all around us. And expresses itself. Now, now bear with me. This is how I, how I have experienced the sense of smell. It, it, it is expressed in intuition. Uh, a sixth sense, if you will. An internal perception. And again, it goes back to John 16, 13, right? That we have the spirit of truth who is helping us to discern what is true around us, right? What is the truth that we see? But when we talk about intuition, we talk about a sixth sense, we talk about this internal perception, again, I understand the challenge that comes with that. Now, some of us don't have a problem with intuition, and we've lived by intuition, or our gut, if you will, is another maybe more crude way to, to say it, right? But we've lived by that for years, and it's not a big deal. There's others of us that just look at that and say, that is so, like, loosey-goosey. Like, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe you just had some bad sushi last night, right? I mean, what is, how do you determine what an intuition is and what is just, you know, so, you know some digestive, you know, problems, right? And, and I get that. But again, that's why I started this message with this reality that we have to understand that the spiritual realm is mysterious. And we have to get comfortable with things being a little bit kind of, you know, just detached from what we would say is physical reality. Or the things that we tend to maybe lean on or depend on for everything. Our physical senses are not enough. While probably not everyone has had an intuition experience before, I would expect many of us have. Perhaps we've taken credit for that intuition and said, well, I just, you know, I just have a good nose for smelling rat. <laughs> but I think that's the wrong person to give credit to. Because I do think that this is a way that we are able to sense the spiritual realities, the spiritual truths that are around us. It's when we have that conversation with somebody and there's just something in our gut that just says, what's going on with this person? At one point, I, I, I had, a, had to tell my wife, about a, a person that she was working with, it, I noticed they began to get to know, kind of getting closer and closer. And, and I, every time I would talk with that, that gal, I, I would just, there was just something inside of me. It was like, there's something off. And so I just, I just told my wife about it. I said, hey, I just, just be careful. I said, maybe I'm just, maybe, again, maybe it's just bad sushi. But I said, just be, just be careful. Like, I get this sense that maybe there's something. And it, and it ended up being totally right on. And my wife, to her credit, she was willing to, like, kind of pump the brakes a little bit with that and see what was going on there. And then it revealed itself in a physical realm. But it first came to me in this, again, intuition, this, this kind of sense that I had. We are given the spirit 
to discern, and we're given the spiritual uh, uh, sense of smell to discern and know spiritual truths, to perceive the spirit behind something or someone. The, the ability to sense what is holy and what is unholy and the forces that are working and behind them. Another, another part of this sense of smell is that to be able to discern the unspoken truths about situations or other people. There's been times in my life when I feel like through the sense of smell, God has given me the ability to, to know things about an individual that they have never told me and I've never heard from anybody else. And it's not just some psychological, you know, kind of I've worked this out, you know, I kind of put these conversations. No, 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 it was something, there was just something else. I should have never known that. But as I'm con in conversation with them or as I'm praying about them, all of a sudden this vision, this, 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 this information comes into my, my being and my sensing and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? So we give this sense of smell so that we can discern the unspoken truths and the sit about situations and people. The ability to know what someone is going through without them saying it. I talked, I think it was last week, about the guy uh, in uh, Colorado that I had, uh, I was speaking at a DTS for YWAM, and, and I, he'd asked me to pray for him. I went up to pray for him, put my hand on him, and then I just, I just started crying, right? I just couldn't, I couldn't say anything, right? And so I just hugged him, right? Well, part of that, it was like, uh, part of that experience was, again, a, I, there was, I was feeling his emotions. It wasn't my emotions, it was his emotions. And so there was, again, this spirit, of, and he had never, I, I didn't know this guy. Didn't know him at all, didn't know any of his story. I mean, he literally just, I mean, we had talked for like two minutes and he said, hey, would you pray for me? And I said, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I, so I don't know him at all, but I'm beginning to sense. So again, the, the truth of who this guy was and what he needed in that moment. The spirit of the sense of smell also gives us the sense of deception and hypocrisy. To be able to know the motives of one's heart. Not always do we get that, right? But sometimes we can, we can get that. We can, re, we can smell that in the midst of it. Truth is an important thing for us. Like, we need to know truth. Like, I, I don't, you know, some people are okay with just like, you know, taking their brains and setting it aside and just like, okay, well, like, it doesn't matter what's true. I'm just going to live what I believe kind of thing. But as believers, right, as Christians, we, we can't, that's not, we can't be there, right? We need to know the truth. And God wants us to know the truth. He has revealed his truth. He continues to reveal his truth physically and spiritually. And we need to have this broader perspective that truth is not just something that we can prove in a courtroom, but proof also has this intangible, mystical you know, side of it that we can only understand when we use our spiritual senses. But God gives us these senses so that we can live and walk in truth. So that even though maybe on the outside we look like a fool, 
Because we have the spiritual sense of smell, we know what actually is true. And so we make those foolish decisions in the world's eyes. So how do we develop this sense of smell? I've been trying to give you know, some ideas on this, um, on each of these senses so that we can kind of begin to practice them and, and work on them. And, and again, this, I got a couple of things here, but I, and I hope you notice, like every, every spiritual sense, right, there's a phys- physical element to developing that sense in the sense that we need to, I'm using sense a lot, we need to know God's word. Like, the fact that we even know about spiritual senses is because of God's word, right? So he has revealed in the physical realm this truth that we have a Holy Spirit who lives within us and allows us to be able to discern spiritual realities that we can't see with our physical senses. We can't sense with our physical senses. And so the same was in developing our sense of smell is we need to learn to meditate on Scripture, And that's different than reading scripture. Meditating on scripture is that we're going to spend time reflecting on, uh, uh, kind of mulling over, uh, marinating in God's word. And it's in that, understand, like it's in that meditating on scripture that the physical truths that lie within all of a sudden begin to have a spiritual component to them. As God begins to reveal not just black and white what his word says, I love you, but he begins to speak it to our heart, I love you. Joshua 1.8, right? <laughs> this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for when then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We need to know God's truth. We need to allow our minds to be transformed. Again, those of us who, 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 you know, I came to Christ when I was like five years old. I grew up in the church, you know, got called to ministry when I was in high school, right? So like my whole life, I've been there and that doesn't mean I don't have issues because I do. Trust me, you guys know that. But anyway, but uh, those of us who have walked a, a, a longer time without Christ and we have been corrupted and deceived by the concepts and perspectives and worldview of our world and our culture, understand that we need that transforming of our mind more and more. So we need to meditate on God's word so that we can know what is true. But then on the more spiritual side of that, if you will, Another way that we can develop our sense of smell is to get in tune with the internal perceptions and intuitions in our hearts. I love this passage in Hebrews 5. Actually, Jessica brought this passage to my attention the other day when she was going through Hebrews. 5.14, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to to distinguish good from evil. The mature are those who don't just know things physically. The mature in the kingdom of God are those who also pay attention to the internal perceptions, the spiritual realities, their intuitions. And the way to do that, a, a, a way that I think can be helpful in in developing our uh, ability to sense our intuitions and those internal promptings 
is to practice something that, if, for lack of a better term, I, this is kind of how I've titled it, but internal and internal rhythm. Uh, and what this is, is a spiritual practice where you uh, take a, a period of time and instead of just doing your usual rhythms of life, what you do, you, you, you get away from all of those rhythms. Uh, I've heard of even some people t getting, getting rid of a, a clock, any time, uh, all of that kind of, just like get away from the, the rhythms of our world and instead just be with God and with yourself. And then in that time, you pay attention to the internal cravings and you sleep when you feel like you need to sleep. You, you, you read scripture, you, you, you eat, you, you do, it's kind of like this different time, but it's a, a limited period of time. It's not forever, right? And, 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 but it, it's where you, and the idea behind this is that we would begin to pay attention to what's going on internally. Some of us just close all that off. We're so self-disciplined, right, that we just know I've got to do this so it doesn't matter how I feel. And, and I understand, and that's okay. I'm not saying that's totally wrong. But if we never pay attention to the internal promptings that are going on in our hearts and our bodies and our lives and our minds, right, then we're going to maybe miss out. And, and so this is a way to help us to develop this spiritual sense of smell. All right. Uh, worship team, why don't you come up? We'll close this message with a few more words. We have to understand that spiritual things are not fully discernible with our physical senses. And so we must get comfortable. We must learn to get comfortable with the intangible spiritual realities within which we live. And we must choose to get in touch with our internal intuitions, our internal feelings and emotions, our internal thoughts and dreams. Smelling God's truth is discerning spiritual truths. While tangible fruit is helpful, it's not always 100% reliable. And so it's those who, in, who uh, tune in with internal intuitions that are able to know the unspoken truths and discern the spirit behind the words and actions of others. Spiritual senses are mysterious, but if we learn to use them, they will help us to know and rightly respond to what is really happening around us. Hearing his voice, knowing his perspective and following his lead. Feeling his presence, knowing his love and living without fear. Smelling his truth, knowing what is of him and what is not, and walking in that reality. Will you stand with me, and uh, let's uh, move into a time of response through song, and uh, let's uh, worship together, and then I'll come back up and close with a passage in a moment. Yes, Lord, we long to not just be with you, but to, to join you. <laughs> Lord, this is... Um, a reality that um, 
your kingdom has come into each of our hearts and that we have an opportunity to bring your kingdom everywhere we go. And Lord, we, we need your help to do that. Lord, we want to join you as you do that. And we thank you that, Lord, you've given us your word that reveals concrete realities of our world around us, but also speaks that there is a spiritual realm and this reality of things unseen, but that are still true and right and good. And we thank you that you've given us your spirit so that we can discern spiritual things in our world. We ask that you would continue to help us to develop our spiritual senses. But we need these things. We need to know truth. We need to hear your voice. We need to feel your presence. But we need to know truth in this time more than ever where truth has just been thrown out by our culture. So Lord, help us. Help us to develop these senses so that we can know what is real. We can know what you're doing. And we can join you in it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 11 and following, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understand and understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we we have the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church, for being here with us this morning. It's been sweet to worship with you and invite you to continue to stay in this space. If you'd like to continue to worship, we've got several more songs we would love to worship with you. And so if that's where you're at, please stay. We'd also love to pray for you. So if you need prayer for whatever may be going on in your life or this, in this world or in this moment, uh, please come forward. Let us pray for you and join you in that. Uh, and those uh, ready to fellowship and connect with others and for encouragement and, and all that, I just pray that you head out and you can do that out in the fellowship hall as well. Thank you, church. Have a great Sunday.